you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Breeze, under pressure, throws it downfield. For Graham, makes the catch. 30, 25, 20, 10, and Graham will score. Holy cow, you gotta be kidding me. Play action fake Brady, over the middle it goes, caught, end zone, touchdown, Aaron Hernandez. Six touchdown passes for Tom Brady. If you like the NFL, you're going to like NFL Fantasy Live, featuring the experts of NFL.com. Third down, Alex takes the snap. Alex looking, got it. In post, and it's got him. Come on, touchdown, touchdown, 49. <laughs> Here are your hosts, Michael Fabiano and Elliot Harrison. What's up, guys? NFL <laughs> Fantasy Live, Sirius 210, XM 87. We're having way too much fun here. Uh, Fabs is trying to throw gummy bears uh, up in the air for me to catch them, and he keeps trying to throw the clear ones. I gave you the clear one. They Typically, you don't get a lot of clear ones, and you say that you forgot what they taste like, so I left you one, and then you're playing with it, dancing to the music. He's our mascot. He's our mascot. Oh, God. Harrison. I tell you, NFL Fantasy Live discusses more things than just fantasy football. Although, although the clear gummy bear, I told you, is akin to the light brown M&M. <laughs> if you recall, M&Ms used to have light brown ones. They were very tasty. And then they went to blue, I believe, was the replacement. Very disappointed by that. I remember that. I remember that. And you, there was always a ton of dark brown ones. Always ton, a ton oh, yeah. of the dark brown ones. Totally ridiculous. A lot of things to get to in the fantasy world today. A lot of things going on in the NFL world. We have coaching changes. Mm-hmm. But situation at running back in fantasy football, Fabs, is something that you and I were talking about uh, before we got on the air today. And it's really going to be a conundrum for all of you out there who not only believe in drafting a running back in the first round and waiting on a quarterback, but even if you don't, there is a dearth of good running backs. And it's not just the landscape of pro football changing their injury problems, coaching changes. Anyway, Fabs... I know you wanted to get into this. Go for it. Yeah, and this is something we could talk about throughout the show. And if you want to call and talk about running backs in the world of fantasy football, 888-963-2682-888-XM-Fantasy. I've done some research, and I have found, outside of the guys who we already know we can't trust, you know, the Joseph Adai's of the world, 20, 
20 running backs who are going to come with some risk in 2012. 20. After you get past my top four running backs are Arian Foster and Ray Rice and LaShawn McCoy and Maurice Jones-Drew, you are looking at more question marks than ever at the running back position. And I've been playing fantasy for over 12 years, and I have never, ever, ever been someone to draft a quarterback in the first round. And I'm telling you right now, Elliot, if I don't have a top four pick or unless one of these elite four running backs fall to me in the first round at some point, I almost have to go with a quarterback. I, and it, it's, it's not, it's not going to be easy for me because I'm a traditionalist and I always go running backs. But we're going to talk about this again throughout the, the entire show. But Chris Johnson, uh, oh, first guy. A tough one. Great for most of his career. Last last uh, last season was terrible, and um, and that's an understatement. He was probably the biggest bust in fantasy football over the last several years. And looking at the fantasy points allowed ratings that I do on NFL.com, he's got the toughest schedule of any running back in the league in 2012. Marshawn Lynch. Now, this is the guy that helped a lot of people win a fantasy championship, right? And there you go. How is it? It's good. It's good, right? Yeah. It is good. Those are the we're best ta- ones. We're talking about the clear, Those are the clear best gummy ones. bears. See, I have this thing with beware of the magical season. And it's be- it's the reason why I didn't like Michael Vick this year. It's the reason why I didn't like Brandon Lloyd this year. It was the reason why I didn't like Dwayne Bowe this year. Because guys come out and put up gigantic, ginormous numbers. And I just don't think... Lynch is going to do it again next season. He had a touchdown in 11 straight games, and he had, what, 12 total. Uh, he was phenomenal. There's no way he's doing that again. There's no mm-hmm. way. So that's another thing I want the callers to to chime in on. If Foster, McCoy, Jones-Drew, uh, and um, Ray Rice are the top four running backs, who's fifth? I don't know. I don't – I mean, you and John Hansen uh, on the previous – show talked about this at the end Adrian Peterson knee okay we mm-hmm. don't even know if he's going to be back for the regular mm-hmm. season Richard Mendenhall knee might not be ready for the regular season wasn't good anyway wasn't good anyway Michael Turner okay if you take away that game against the Buccaneers because listen you and I can rush for 102 touchdowns against that that terrible defense in his last five games outside of that game he averaged 3.3 yards a carry 56 rushing yards He's had 300 or more carries in three of the last four seasons. The only time he didn't have a 300 was when he was hurt. And he's about to turn 30. He's about to turn 30 next month. I think he's a risk. Ryan Matthews, upside, huge, no doubt about it. The guy has injury issues. He's always nicked up, and Mike Tolbert is there. Darren McFadden, if this guy could ever stay healthy, he'd be a top-five running back in fantasy, and it wouldn't even be a question. He can't stay healthy. He's played uh, 13 or more games what, maybe once in his whole career, once or twice, and last year he missed nine games. And if the Raiders retain Michael Bush because he's a free agent, you can't take McFadden in the first round. I agree. You know, the interesting thing about Ryan Matthews, who you mentioned, I remember when Bill Parcells took over the Cowboys in '03, he left a, a box of tissue uh, or of Kleenex in Brady James's locker. And it was his way of saying, because he had said to the mm-hmm. media that, that Brady James couldn't lift a box of Kleenex right now. <laughs> uh, so are the players left a box of tissue in Brady James's locker. And, you know, if that's how hard Bill Parcells was on a linebacker, 
Can you imagine what he would do with Ryan Matthews? Oh, he would be all over him he, for his unavailability. He Terry Glenn She. Oh, I mean, Ryan Matthews is a legitimate talent. Ryan Matthews should be a top six or seven fantasy back, right? He's I mean, going to be ranked in the top eight. He, There's no doubt about he's it. He's going to be ranked there. But I always say it, and you and Jason Smith make fun of me, Jason Smith, from our, our NFL Network Fantasy Live. Mm-hmm. The player's best ability is availability. Yep. You're not out on the field. What difference does it make? Okay, so... You uh, haven't even mentioned, by the way, I know, and this, I'm going to mention. Of guys. I'm, I, I know, but I'm, I mean, this is how many there are to, to talk about, okay? Steven Jackson, uh, I believe he's going to be 29. He's averaged five touchdowns a year in his last three years. And, and his workload His rushing yards... Uh, have decreased in each of the last three. Okay, if you're okay with drafting a guy in the first or second round who scores five touchdowns, okay, go ahead and take. I, I don't want him. Frank Gore uh, was respectable, twelfth in fantasy points among running backs, but his receptions and his touchdown catches have dropped in each of the last three years, which means he's being a little bit phased out of that passing game. And he's a guy who's 29. And the Niners, they're, they if they win this weekend, they're going to play more games than they've ever played in the season. And then Gore is going to have to go ahead and play again next year. He's already going to be 29. He's already had some injury issues. Well, with Turner, Jackson, and Gore, you're talking about not only age, but you're talking about workload, too. Yep. Carries. Exactly. And uh, if we've learned anything in the National Football League, it's that running backs take the most punishment of all the offensive skill positions, and it's going to hurt these guys. Fred Jackson. Chan uh, Gailey's already said we can have a very good one-two punch with Jackson and C.J. Spiller. So Jackson, who was at one point last year one of the best draft bargains in fantasy, Committee situation now, potentially, because Spiller was great when he when he was out, uh, or when Jackson was out. Matt Forte, okay, he got injured. He didn't have a serious knee injury. I believe it was an MCL. But look at it this way. Martz is gone. He used Martz, uh, he used Forte a lot like Marshall Falk. Uh, and Forte maybe could be a holdout candidate. Yeah, you know. He could be a holdout guy. <laughs> there's, there's several things at play here also in that when you talk about Frank Gore and mm-hmm. you talk about Michael Turner, Think about the style of running back that they are. That's being phased out of the NFL. That yep. big workhorse that's that's going to plow away. And, and the guys that are, are productive, not only in fantasy, but but the NFL right now, are guys that can play on the perimeter, mm-hmm. guys that can play in space, guys that can get it done in the passing game, like Fred Jackson did earlier this year, yep. uh, like LaShawn McCoy. Even if, let's take Peyton Hillis. Let's say Peyton Hillis is still every bit as talented as he was two years ago, and he's not banged up. Fine. But the problem is, if he doesn't get on the field as much because the Browns need more of a perimeter guy or a guy that can play in space, then that's going to lessen his workload, which means it's going to lessen how many fantasy points you get out of the guy, whether he's healthy or not. Right. And uh, health is, is also one of the biggest concerns at the running back position, too. Another guy we mentioned already, Richard Mendenhall, I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. You said it before, he was lousy for most of the year, and now he's coming off an ACL, and it was a late-season ACL. Now, Jamal Charles is an interesting player. Uh, explosive. He actually sent me a tweet last week and said, I'm going to come back stronger and faster in 2012. And Charles is interesting because he's young and he injured himself in, what, week two? Yep. So he's had the whole year to already recover and he'll have the whole offseason to rehab. He, I, I think, I, I don't know that he's fifth for me, but he's going to be certainly up in that top ten. Uh, and, and with Romeo Cornell, the head coach, they, they're going to run the football. But then there's that specter, Elliot, of the running backs coming off of ACLs almost never reach their full potential 
based on what they had done in the past, like Jamal Anderson and uh, Edgerin James. The list really goes on. Kevin Smith, there, there's a lot of guys, running backs, who coming off ACLs, maybe they have good years, but they don't have great years. Well, let me let me stop you there. We were, once again, talking before we got on air here, and when you were laying this out for me, and by the way, this article is up on NFL.com. Mm-hmm. Just go to slash fantasy, and it should be there on the front page. You yep. can always click uh, Michael Fabiano's archive. Uh, that said... When we were talking about it, and you said, "Okay, well, these are the big four. Who's five? Yeah. And I asked you to guess, and you know, for me, five is easy. For I me, guess they're. I guess they're right too. You did. You did. You thought about it, but Jamal Charles is my number five. Mm-hmm. And a couple points here. One, you already mentioned he got hurt in week two. Uh, I think another important thing with Jamal Charles is what's going on with the Chiefs. Okay, yeah. who are the guys that would cannibalize his carries? Thomas Jones probably won't be back. Okay, they they brought him back this year because he was a good locker room presence. Yep. They knew he was slowing down. Mm-hmm. I don't if he comes back it'll be in a severely limited role. Uh Jackie Battle, what did Jackie Battle do Not that much. made you think that okay, this is a guy that they're going to split carries with? No. Jackie Battle isn't Ben Tate. Right. You know, and even Ben Tate's not splitting carries with Arian Foster. Mm-hmm. So Dexter McCluster, what has he shown you to show you that he could be a lead tailback in this league? Nothing. Okay. Right. So unless they draft somebody, which I don't know, I'm won't. not unless Trent Richardson falls to them at eleven, that's not going right. to happen. Okay. Yep. That's that's the second point. So first point, he's had all this time to heal. Second point, who's in the Chiefs' backfield? Third point, Jamal Charles was a 21 year old rookie. Mm-hmm. Opening day, 2012, Jamal Charles will be 25 and and a half years old. He doesn't turn 26 until uh, two days after Christmas, 2012. That's a young running back. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're talking about a young running back with very low tread. Give me him at number five. Yeah, he's going to be up there. I'm actually doing my top 12 per position, uh, Sands kicker and defense, because at this point, eh. (laughs) so next week on NFL.com, I still don't know who my – who my fifth running back is going to be. It's probably going to be one of Ryan Matthews, Chris Johnson, Jamal Charles, or Matt Forte. We've got a call, Bob in Long Island, who wants to give his opinion on the state of the running back position in fantasy. Bob, welcome to NFL Fantasy Live. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. How are you doing today? Good. You? Yeah, pretty good. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, you know, I mean, fantasy football has definitely changed in the last three or four years. Uh, you know, it's gotten more towards, you know, taking quarterbacks in the first round uh, seems to be, you know, more of the of the, uh, of the yes than a no now. And, mm-hmm. and uh, even some wide receivers, actually, like Calvin, you know, like Johnson, maybe, or, you know, guys like that. Uh, it's not that running back so much anymore like you used to draft years ago with running back, running back, and then you, then, then you build your team around guys like that, you know. But I had a couple of question marks that I drafted this year. I lost Charles, of course, in the second week, and then I had Javid Best. So I mean, those are yeah. two question marks for me next year for sure. You know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure I even want to go either, either or with those guys. You know, so I mean, it's very, very possible that if I get a shot, you know, at Rogers or Breeze, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm going to go with these guys. You know, there's no question about it. And I think the, uh, the a lot of leagues have changed over to the PPR. You know, years ago it used to be straight scoring. It was a lot different. The running backs always gave you more. You know, at that time. Mm-hmm. Now, but now with all the PPR and all the new scoring systems that they're coming up with, uh, I mean, these other guys really come into play more than the running backs, I believe. Yeah, listen, we are seeing uh, the evolution of, of fantasy football, and obviously it's in step with the evolution of the, the NFL and, and how passing attacks are, are really just thriving these days. And you bring up another running back, Javid Best, right? I mean, this is a guy who missed, I think, what, 10 games this year, and that concussion 
issue, Elliot. I mean, that's that's a major, major concern for me because the running back position, again, takes a lot of punishment. One hit, and he's back on the shelf, and there was even talk that he might not ever be back, and he is going to be back now that we, uh, we, we've we got word from the Lions he'll be back, but that is a major risk, not only because of the concussion, but because Kevin Smith is still there. Mm-hmm. He's a free agent. Did they bring him back? They've also got Mikel Shore, who is coming off of, I believe, a an Achilles injury. But he's going to be their big back. So, which you're means they're going to use... So you're looking at a committee. So well, you're but... absolutely looking at a committee. But Bob makes a great point. And I, I think Bob's probably old school like I am, just by well, the way he was talking. Right, Bob? I mean, you, you've got guys, to be old I tell school. You, this is our 30th year for our league. so that's, He's older that's school how, than us, buddy. That's how far back we go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Bob, who was your first fan... Before we let you go, I, just, no. I have to know this. Who was your first fantasy quarterback? I think it was, I, you know, if I'm saying Moon, I, I, I really... That's I, I awesome. Think, I'm, I'm thinking Moon, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I always yeah. love to say that mine was Neil Lomax. Okay, okay. <laughs> I just, I, I, try to get that out, I try to get that out as, as as often as I can. I think one other thing that Bob brought up in his call, and we appreciate the call, is, you know, he was basically saying, do I go with one of the quarterbacks? Well, I think it depends on, on where you pick. Mm-hmm. But, listen, there's nothing wrong with taking Drew Brees at five. I know. know. There's nothing wrong with it. I've never done it, man. I know you've I've never done never, it. I've never, ever done it. And I was in eight leagues this year. You you know that. I won four of them. And I had Tebow as my quarterback in two. Uh, Matt Moore was my quarterback in another one. And then I had Cam Newton, who would turn out to be one of the elite guys. I got but you didn't off. know that he I, was I, going to be. I, well, I traded for him uh, in that league. I just mean you didn't prepare exactly. your team no, that way. Right. Exactly, uh, and it, it, things are changing in fantasy. We're being hollered at to break, so we're going to. Uh, Randy Cross is coming on with us, former oh, 49ers center to Randy. Yep. and uh, CBS analyst, but uh, NFL Fantasy Live will be back in a couple minutes. No, Alderaan is peaceful. We have no weapons. You can't You would prefer me. another target, a military target? Then name the system. I grow tired of asking this, so it'll be the last time. Where is the rebel base? They're on Dantooine. Well, you see, Lord Vader, she can be reasonable. Continue with the operation. You may fire when ready. What? You're far too trusty. Commence primary ignition. (laughs) That was my uh, NFL... Playoff challenge team exploding like Alderaan when the Saints got beat last week. Uh, exploding. <laughs> I started like every Saint. I know. Every single Saint. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. Uh, Sirius 210XM87. I'm here with Elliot Harrison, who uh, we'll probably talk about his female problems again at some point I, later in the show. He brings up his Facebook page, and he and he just shows me all these hot girls I who send not. him messages on not. Facebook. This person sent me a message, and so I was smoking hot. I don't care. You're worried that she's way taller than you. Who cares? You I know what I said in the break. That she's taller. You I... know what I said there in the break. But <laughs> so so let's talk. We're, we're going to talk running backs throughout this show, and we're also going to talk a little playoff challenge as well on NFL.com. Uh, and again, boy, I'll tell you that NFC game last week was phenomenal. Yeah, well, it destroyed you. Phenomenal, but it killed chances. me. I mean, I got a ton of points from Breeze and Sproles and yeah. Colston and Graham. But we're not going to win. No, I'm not going to win now. Now I'm just going with the best players. I don't even care. There's no way I'm going to win. If the Saints had won, I, I remember when Graham caught that pass and, ri- and rolled down the field for the touchdown. I'm like, yes, yes. Say-. And I'm not even a Saints fan. I'm a Cowboys fan. But I got something to cheer for because the Cowboys, they stink. So I'm like, oh, this is great. 
NFL Playoff Challenge team is going to be rolling. And then Alex Smith, for God's sake, like the second coming of Joe Montana, leads the team downfield and hits Vernon Davis in a pass much like Steve Young to T.O. against the Packers back in that NF, NFC, was that a championship 98, game? 98 wild card. Wild card game. And, ugh. Would but, you believe I didn't see it? What, what I was mean? getting my hair cut. I know. Why would you get your hair cut during because, the playoff game? Because I scheduled it thinking that the game was going to go faster than it did. Couldn't you have one of your girlfriends come to your house and cut your hair so you can watch the game? And I didn't expect the... I guess not. I didn't expect a lot of the little injuries and things that happened that slowed the game down. Yeah. But I got to tell you, I love that game, and I hope the 49ers win it all. And and the reason is, and I know this may sound odd being that we're a fantasy show, we love offensive points, but Mm -hmm. I don't like offensive points at the expense of football. And I think that's what happened a lot this year with all the penalties. Safeties can't play the game the way they want to. Mm -hmm. So guys like Greg Jennings go over the middle, unimpeded. Let me tell you something. I watched... The 1992 NFC Championship game between the Cowboys and Niners on DVD the other night. Yep. The 49ers were always known as a finesse team. You remember that? They were always yeah. known as yep. this West Coast team. They were hitting Michael Irvin over the middle so hard, and I thought, that's a flag. That's mm. a flag. And people don't realize that for every one of those calls, you extend a drive for Drew Brees. Yep. So if the, if the Saints drive stalls at their own 35 fabs, and they get that penalty— now they're at the 50 with a new set of downs, and then Breeze takes him down the field. Mm-hmm. He gets a touchdown pass. You just got maybe seven or eight more points from Drew yep. Breeze, all because of a BS call that, you know, I, 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 I can't stand it. So my point is I love rooting for the 49ers because they are so good in the front seven that theirs are better than yours. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, and they they're, stop you within the rules. They're the closest thing to the old school teams that used to win championships with – you know, defense and running the, the eighty-five football. Bears, the eighty-six Giants, yep. those teams, and and I love it. And I bet you, if you're watching at home, you were probably, especially if you're in the playoff challenge, weren't you wondering how is it that the Saints can score like this at the end of the game when they couldn't move the ball in the first half? How is it that yeah. teams are able to score at the end so frantically? It was amazing. What was it? Four touchdowns in the last four minutes or something? And and I'll tell you what it is. It's first of all, it's a sense of urgency. Like mm-hmm. every every set of downs is a four is four down territory. So on third and eight, you're not necessarily trying to get the first down. You're just trying to get six to give you fourth and manageable. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the defense lets you have stuff over the middle, which burns clock. Right. They'll let you catch that deep ball over the middle. So teams can go up and down the field late in the game. It's very weird because for most of that game, the Saints were stifled. You look at Drew Brees' numbers, you would think the Niners' defense had a terrible day. But they actually had a great day. Yep, and it's become more about turning the ball over. And, and making plays on that aspect of defense than it is about holding teams to minimal yardage, minimal points, because teams are scoring like mad in, right. in the NFL. And that's why things are changing in fantasy football. And that's why things are changing at the running back position. And the fact that we've got all these injuries in multiple backfields and backfield committees and, and, and really, again, Four running backs that you can draft with confidence, and um, that's that's not a lot. So staying with that game, Frank Gore, where do you take him next year? Conservatively. Mid-second round? A little higher? I, I, I'm thinking third. Second or, I guess, second or third. I just, he's... I guess I should say lower. He, he's a guy who... Higher or lower. And, and if you want to get in your opinions on the running backs, by the way, 
uh, 888-963-2682. I, second or third round, and, and again, he, he's going to be 29. Uh, potentially, again, the Niners win this weekend. They play in the Super Bowl, the longest season of his career in the NFL. Uh, the specter of Kendall Hunter some more touches next season. That's But that this is what we're going to deal with now in fantasy football. You're going to be dealing with... Who the hell do I start at running back week in and week out? Because the position is sort of has sort of gotten into this you know great big ball, and you've got the tenth rated running back is so close in value to like the fifteenth that it's going to be more difficult than ever uh, to determine who to start and who to sit at running back. We've got Randy Cross coming on, former 49ers center and guard, uh, former All-Pro, yep. former Super Bowl champion. He's got three rings, CBS analyst. Uh, retired uh, a champion. Re- yeah, retired a champion, that's right. Mm-hmm. Walked out after uh, Super Bowl twenty three, as did head coach Bill Walsh. He's coming on here in a second. We're going to get more into the running back question. I'd love to hear what some of you out there think. Mm-hmm. Where would you draft a guy like Frank Gore in your fantasy draft? But for now, we're going to go to the NFL Fantasy Live, special edition. Actually, it's the same old fantasy fix we always throw to. <laughs> I want to make it sound really cool. Let's yeah. go to the fantasy fix. Didn't work, Harrison. Second down and five coming in. The New Orleans 49, a triple bunch to the right for the 49ers in the setup. Gore's in the game. Alex back to throw, standing on the edge of the logo. Throws over the middle, leaping catch, Martin, breaks tackles, and he is gone. If you like the NFL, you're going to like NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. NFL Fantasy Live, we're here every Wednesday at 12 o'clock Pacific, 3 o'clock Eastern. We join you two hours in the middle of the day. Talk to you a little bit about fantasy football and other things in the fantasy cantina, which of course is coming up at 1 o'clock Pacific. Uh, Again, we were talking when we went to the break. uh, We're going to have Randy Cross. We haven't gotten him on the phone yet. He may be closing on an eBay auction, so we're going to be uh, we're going to be very patient there. Uh-huh. But we were talking before we went to the break about a uh, fellow 49er, Frank Gore, and where you would take him to draft. So here's what I want to present to you, Fabs. If you're mm-hmm. sitting there at the sixth spot overall, mm-hmm. okay. So let's see, in the snake draft, that would put you at the 19th pick overall on a 12 team. Uh, would you at 19, or if you have the 20th, would you pass on Frank Gore? If the top quarterbacks have already been taken, which they probably would have been, mm-hmm. your top four or five running backs would be gone off the board. Let's say Jamal Charles is off the board as well as the top four. Megatron's gone. Larry Fitzgerald is gone. Mm-hmm. Andre Johnson is gone. Do you pass on Frank Gore? Because that's probably what's going to happen. DeMarco Murray still out there? Yeah, DeMarco Murray would be there. I, I think at 19 I, I go upside. I, I'm going upside over old running backs. Uh, and, and so DeMarco Murray would be a guy that Can I, I play devil's definitely advocate? want to take. Yeah. Okay. I loved DeMarco Murray. Uh, when we were on NFL Fantasy Live, I brought him brought him up a week early. Uh, DeMarco Murray scored two touchdowns last year. And Felix he Jones comes looked with very risk. good at the end. He comes with risk, too. But um, I, I just I prefer upside. Well, we actually do have Randy Cross on the line now, and and uh, Randy, I was lamenting that we didn't have you right away. I thought you might be closing on an eBay auction. We didn't interrupt ah. you closing on an eBay auction, did we? <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. But, you know, if you're going to pile all those chips on DeMarco Murray, you better have a good backup for a month later <laughs> when he gets hurt. Fa- uh, Felix Jones would be the handcuff. Randy, uh, it's good, <laughs> good to talk to you, my friend. You know, 
Uh, I thought Randy was the perfect guest for our show this this week because, of course, Randy, one of the great offensive linemen for the San Francisco 49ers, retired on top, retired a champion, and Randy had more than his share of battles in the postseason against the New York Giants and the Phil Simms teams well, he, against the Parcells. First, well, the first one they played wasn't even Phil Simms. It was Scott Bruner in uh, 81. Mm-hmm. They played yep. him in 84. They played him in 85. And they played him again in 86. So, Randy, are you going to have a front row seat for this game? And what is your take on this? Is it going to be the 49ers defense, or is it going to be Eli Manning and the Giants offense? Well, you know, it sounds funny to say because, you know, everybody worries about snow and frozen fields and all that. But, yeah, I think the weather does have something to do with it from the standpoint of it's going to be kind of wet and soggy and if not raining and a little windy there. So it's going to be a tough environment for pitching and catching like crazy. But, you know, these teams have done things like this in stranger places and at more unexpected times. But I think the Giants are going to struggle running the ball, which isn't mm-hmm. to say they're going to not do it because so much of what Eli does, especially in, in the plus territory, is predicated on that play action, at least the safeties respecting it, and that gives them such a great opportunity with not only not only Hicks but also with Ballard at the tight end. Well, you say, Dw- or you say uh, Hakeem Nix, and I think of Dwight Hicks, the, uh, the you know, yeah. old Niner safety. But, you know, a lot of those games – that you guys played in the eighties against the giants, you know, the 49ers perhaps erroneously back then were known as a finesse team, an offensive team, which wasn't always accurate. You had some big hitters on defense, your secondary Mm -hmm. back in those days, Eric Wright, uh, Dwight Hicks, Ronnie Lott, Carlton Williamson was as good as any team in the leagues. Is it interesting for you now as an alumni or alumnus of the Niners known, you were known as part of an offensive team, how the how this team is winning now with running game and defense? It's it's almost the exact opposite of what the '80s 49ers were looked at. Yeah, and just like and just like those teams back then always needed that unbelievable defense to be what they were to you know to kind of set the table for us. Um, this defense now really needs Alex Smith and this this offense. The better they've played, the better that this defense has gotten. And, and it's a great complimentary sort of package for both teams, you know, because the Giants, too, you know, wasn't, wasn't too long ago during this season. Everyone was going crazy about Eli saying, oh, what a great quarterback, fourth quarter touchdowns. Man, if he just had a defense. And somehow, some way, they got a little healthier and they've caught fire. Randy, what, what in the world happened with Alex Smith last week? I mean, People came into the divisional round. He was probably one of the one of the lesser quarterbacks. Obviously, T.J. Yates being the lesser uh, of the four quarterbacks playing, but it was like Joe Montana jumped into his body in the fourth quarter and led them to victory. Where has this been from Alex Smith all season? I mean, this guy was the number one overall pick in, in two thousand and five, and to this point has been considered a bust. What's changed this year? Uh, from seasons past with Alex Smith? Well, first of all, you know, it's a matter of having a head coach and being surrounded by people that really from the get-go believe in you and show faith in you and and really have a commitment that you're my guy. And I think that's something that, you know, Alex had never really had, especially a guy like Harbaugh who's got the chops from having played in the league, 
has the experience as an offensive coach. And for him to give that kind of a commitment to Alex meant an awful lot. Plus, I think if you look at their passing game, you know, and, and you know, being a, this being a fantasy show, look at the stats. Look at their stats from about game 10 on. And look how they emphasize, I think you'll find more and more, especially in bigger chunks, the passing game, getting Crabtree involved, going back to Vernon Davis. Um, you know, if they get Delaney Walker back, that's a part of their, their offense that's so huge and so important to them. I just think this is something they've, they've loaded the plate up as the season's gone on, as Alex has gotten more and more confident. Pure and simple. He's he's turning into the quarterback Jim Harbaugh has told him he's always been. You know, Randy, I'm I'm a history geek, and one thing that I remember from your Niner teams, when you faced the Giants, I remember Bill Walsh pulling the guard to try and block Taylor coming from the outside. Like anything anything to stop LT. And I, I see similarities in the sense that although the Giants don't have someone like that now, they're getting so much pressure from their front four. If you're the 49ers offensive line coach or offensive coordinator, what adjustments do you make to, to handle that? Because the Giants front four gave the Packers all they could handle last weekend. Yeah, they did. And, and you know, I, I think you saw sort of the, the formula in a lot of ways of what you don't want to have happen. Because when you've got ends the way the Giants do, and you've got ends that go down into tackle spots that can press the pocket, you've got the perfect storm. And when you've got five coming and you know your face guys are going to set sort of the edge in front of the quarterback, the ends are going to aggravate the guy so where he's going to need to step up in one of the directions, and then you're bringing a linebacker underneath in that B gap, it's, it's it's almost undefendable unless you're keeping six seven people in for protection. Um, but they can't keep Vernon Davis in because he's their best option in the passing game. No, nah, but remember, they you know, this is an offense that when you see them on first down Sunday, their first first down, you might see. And this is again, it's predicated on Delaney Walker. If, if indeed he can come back from that broken jaw, you'll see him with two tight ends, a fullback, and a halfback. And try to think back on two, how many times you see that formation these days in the NFL. But they can split out and they can do different things from a standpoint of protection from that premise. And, and that makes it harder to deal with because every down right. that ends getting whacked. And that makes it, that, that's a big deal. But I'm a, I'm a big proponent and a big fan of the guard and center, the middle of that pocket setting the edge and, and really establishing somewhere for that quarterback to go. And if you think back to how they got after Breeze in San Francisco and how the Giants got after Rodgers in Green Bay, that wasn't the case. That pocket was collapsing on the quarterback. All right, Randy, let's flip over to the AFC in the uh, championship game between the Baltimore Ravens and the New England Patriots. Tom Brady, I mean, to me, he's, he's maybe the closest thing I've ever seen to, to a Joe Montana uh, in terms of a guy who just has that moxie and confidence, especially in the playoffs. He just wins football games. The Baltimore Ravens have a tough task ahead of them. What do they need to do to beat the Patriots in Foxborough? Well, yeah, it's, it's easy to say, hard to do. But, I mean, that's a team that was 0-6 oh against the Patriots going into that game two years ago in the mm-hmm. divisional game when they came into Foxborough and just beat them like they stole something. I mean, mm-hmm. physically got after Counter. them. And, and that, to me, is the, that's how you beat the Pats. 
you 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 gut them from the inside out offensively. You take away the inside run, you take away the step up ability of Tom Brady, and you start hitting them at the whistle and you stop hitting them at the end of the game. And you keep doing that. And when your offense is on the field, you've got to have a very consistent passing game. You better have some good pass-catching tight ends. And you better have a lot of patience because you want to stay on the field as much as you can. And that sort of has been the formula in the past. The Jets followed it last year. The Ravens followed it two years ago. And, you know, I've got to think that's exactly – what Bill Parcells and the Patriots are game planning against for Sunday. I, I, th- I think that's a, a good reason why the 49ers would have a shot against the Patriots is exactly what you're talking about. I, I have to ask you, you know, when you, when you talk to your ex-teammates, when you guys saw Jim Harbaugh come in, especially the first half of the season, when they're out there running power and a bunch of off tackles and the style of football they were playing, were you guys scratching your heads a little bit you know, just being the tradition of the 49ers, and here's this team that's beating you up on defense and running power on offense. Did it, uh, did it surprise you? No, nah, not really. You know, you, you've got to be who you are. And if your talent tells you that's what you should be, then that's what you run. And, and that's what you have to take your hat off to what Jim did because Jim has had a, a, a very low-risk offense up until the last couple of months. And a stifling style of defense. Why wouldn't you be that way instead of trying to, what are you going to do? You're going to run the spread and go back to the, you know, a different style of defense or say, hey, look, that's just not what I do. And that's where I think a lot of coaches get in trouble. But then again, a lot of coaches don't sort of inherit the talent that I think Jim Harbaugh inherited in San Francisco. And he just applied his ability to get these guys all on the same page. Randy, we've got a game on NFL.com, the NFL Playoff Challenge, where it's sort of a combination of fantasy points, clearly, but also who's going to win. And I'd love to get your opinion on both of the conference championship games this weekend. Who makes it to Super Bowl Forty Six, and why? Um, I like the Niners' chance at home against the Giants. I think it's going to be a last-second deal, mm-hmm. um, much like the game against the Saints. I believe it goes right down to the bloody end, and, you know, it'll be settled by three or four points, though, somewhere in the 20s, you know, so a 27-23, 27-24, that type of thing. And I think the Niners come out on top. And I, and I believe the, the Patriots don't have an easy time with Baltimore, but at the end of the game, they're doing more running, and I believe they win a lot more comfortable. They they win that game by eight to ten points. So it's uh, Niners and Pats in Indy, which I think has got enough storylines to keep people busy for a couple weeks. Well, Randy, listen, we really appreciate you coming on, and uh, are you going to be at Candlestick this weekend? Uh, No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm actually doing some stuff with Sirius around the AFC. Oh, great, great. All right, my man. Well, hey, listen, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, Elliot, I love having you on, and uh, have a great weekend. Good luck to your 49ers, and hopefully we'll be talking to you soon. Really appreciate it, Randy. Anytime for you, Michael. Thanks, Randy. Take care, my friend. Take care. Randy Cross, CBS Sports, Sirius. Uh, he also does a show on Sirius here, and uh, great guy. And it's funny. I'll give you a little story before we go to break here. Uh, everybody knows I'm a Cowboys fan, okay? And when I used to work for CBS, uh, that's how I met Randy. And so I lived in the Fort Lauderdale area. That's where CBS Sports Line was uh, located, their headquarters. So when 
like Brent Jones, who's also a good friend of mine, would come in and do a game, or Randy would come in and do a game for the Dolphins, we'd all we'd hang out, you know. So, again, me being a Cowboys fan, and one of the most heartbreaking moments as a sports fan in my life was the catch game, and I picked up Randy from the hotel. You know, we were going out to have some dinner, and I had a, a silver Jeep Cherokee with it, with one of those mirror Dallas Cowboys license plates <laughs> on the front. And uh, so, you know, Randy gets into the, gets into my in my car, and, and I says, I says, man, I was like, it's got to feel weird for you getting into a car that's got a Dallas Cowboys license plate on the front of it. And you know, I obviously I'm a, I'm, I'm a Cowboys fan. I hated the 49ers back in the day. And Randy went on to tell me a story about the catch and the play itself, where had, he had actually, and if you look at pictures of the catch, in some of them you could see Randy getting up because he had gotten beaten on the play. And everyone remembers Ed Tutal Jones trying to block Joe Montana's path to throwing a pass in the end zone. Well, Randy was was great because he said, "Listen, I, I was on my butt and I was getting up, and I saw the catch, and I had the best seat in the house for arguably the most memorable play in NFL history." Not for us because we're Cowboy fans, but that was uh, that, that was a great story. And Randy's Randy's a great guy. That, that's true. We have the picture up here in the NFL Network office. Yeah, and it, it always hurts my heart <laughs> to see it. Well, it used to be by your desk, by your old. Uh... And that's not a coincidence either. Yeah. Somebody's got a sense of humor around here. But you could see 51 Randy Cross in the distance getting up, uh, and I think that is the most famous play in NFL history. Yeah. We have to take a break. We'll come back next segment. Then we have the Fantasy Cantina at yep. 1 o'clock Pacific. And we're actually going to talk about something that's blowing up on Twitter right now about Peyton Manning. Good stuff. Yeah. NFL Fantasy Live back in a minute. <laughs> I know he wants to get back and play, and, and I think, you know, we all Peyton's a smart guy. I mean, you know, so so don't uh, don't uh, you know ever underestimate how bright he is as a person, and you know, I'm sure he's heard what every doctor said, and you know, every opinion, and he knows what what risk he has and what he doesn't have, um, and he's going to do what's best for he and, and his wife and kids. I know that much. If you like the NFL, you're going to like NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. NFL Fantasy Live, Sirius 210, XM 87. That was some sound from Sirius NFL Radio. Jeff Saturday, Colt Center, longtime center, longtime teammate of Peyton Manning's. Jeff Saturday actually himself is a free agent this year, and that's one of the guys they need to make a decision on. Mm -hmm. But word is that Peyton Manning well, is going to retire today. Well, well, well. Did you hear it? Well, hold well, on. Here, here's what happened. Rob Lowe, uh, you know, the actor, and uh, clearly now he wants to be Jason LaCanfora, Adam Schefter, and Chris Mortensen all rolled into one in uh, Jay Glazer, although there's only one Jay Glazer, uh, tweets out, hearing my fave number 18, Peyton Manning will not return to NFL. Then he tweets, Rich Eisen, my people are saying Manning will retire today. What do you hear? Rich doesn't respond. Um, and then he says, "Fans, uh, Colts fans, let's hope my info is wrong. Don't like being wrong, but this time I'm hoping. And it's on Deadspin, of course. Who knows? Who knows? What? I wouldn't be surprised. Well, Rich can't. I wouldn't be surprised. Rich can't respond to that. I, I know. Mean, but, uh, I mean, Rob Lowe, his, you know, the, the next thing you know, uh, Lindsey Lohan's going to be breaking news on, like, uh, you know, a, a, a trade involving, you know, the Yankees and the Red Sox. I mean, come on. Let me just throw this out there, though. This is credible to me. It is. Rob Lowe? It is credible. Just because you're good-looking and he's good-looking. Uh, no, this is credible to me because Rob Lowe, first of all, you, you can imagine the circles he runs in, okay? 
if he's heard it from enough people, he probably was legitimately wondering, like, gosh, I hope this isn't true because he's a Colts fan. He's a Manning fan. So for him to tweet that out, I, nothing about that seems salacious in nature to me. It doesn't seem like to me he's just trying to. I mean, Rob Lowe doesn't need the attention. You know, he, well, he really, he, I don't know how many movies has he been in lately. And, and let me tell you this. Hold <laughs> I mean, on. He does need attention. You know, athletes admire actors. Actors mm-hmm. admire athletes. Yep. And a lot of actors have their favorite athlete. And you get an actor, and I know this because I worked in entertainment for a while. You get an actor around, if their favorite athlete was Troy Aikman, mm-hmm. they are, you know, as wide-eyed and mouth-open as an eight-year-old kid is sometimes. And so, to me, I think Rob Lowe probably heard this from a few people, mm-hmm. and now he wants to know. And he probably heard it from someone who's either friends with, you know, someone. It could be Jim Irsay. It could be whatever. They, they heard a little uh, yeah, little gossip. Makes sense? Interesting. I, and, and, guys, this is something that we can talk about in the cantina, which comes up at the top of the hour, 888-963-2682, 888-XM-FANTASY. We can talk about Peyton Manning. We can talk about running backs. We can talk about whatever you like. But this is going to be, and, and we don't know if this is this is true or not. Clearly, this is. Uh, I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying this right. is not right. Crazy right. talk. Um, it's he's got nerve it, damage it, in his neck. It's def. It's definitely something that's very possible because, as you mentioned, I mean that's a scary that's a scary injury. I mean, Sterling Sharp had a neck injury that he ended up having to retire early from. And Michael Irvin, the same thing, right? I mean, Michael Irvin was a little bit worried about that when he hurt himself in Philadelphia, and those dastardly fans cheered him. Um, those are actually, those are great. Those are scary, scary injuries for a football player, especially a football player who's in his mid to late 30s. Those are great points. Uh, Sterling Sharp injured himself, I believe, against the Bucks in 94, hurt his neck. and he Remember, had- he used to have, like, he used to have some sort of weird contraption that it was like a, a, a chin strap yeah. from his helmet. To the back of his helmet to his shoulder pads. Yeah, he had a, uh, I forget what it's called, a Lloyd's of London insurance. I, I believe he, he could either take the insurance deal and how much money that was. I believe he, he had something where he was insured mm-hmm. or he could try to play again, and he took the safe route. And then Michael Irvin, Michael Irvin, they found out, had uh, a narrow spinal column. Mm-hmm. So when he got hurt in, I believe, game four against the Eagles in 99, once he found out the risks that he was at, he retired. You know, and and I think those are great points. Peyton Manning, as Jeff Saturday said in the soundbite, is weighing the risks that he has and thinking about retiring. We have to break. We have the Fantasy Cantina coming up. We're going to talk about fantasy running backs. NFL Fantasy Live, Series 210, XM87, here every Wednesday at 12 Pacific. If you like the NFL, you're going to like NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.